0: Perfect. <laughs> got a little dog in the background.
1: Yeah, Keith Keith Campbell, correct? Yes. Che- yes. You want to give a little cheers? He made me a nice Nespresso, <laughs> a little coffee You're, cheers mm, to get it going. Yeah, wonderful host.
0: Someone's got to do it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a, one, one of the on the road podcasts.
0: Is that the first one?
1: No, I so I did one and I have a friend that lives in Portland, Maine. That was I think that was the first on the road podcast. Portland, um, Maine. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was visiting, and my uncle lives in Yarmouth, outside of Maine, um, and then my friend lives in Portland, so I said outside of Maine. <laughs> um, I think that's the only other travel one, I'm trying to think, because I don't think I've done any in Vermont yet. Well, it wasn't much of a travel, what, 20-minute <laughs> <20 minute laughs> yeah, ride? 20-minute car ride to, uh, to the, south the south end south of Boston? Not South. end, yeah. Not exactly. south it gets o- it gets
0: overlooked by Southie cuz huh?
1: <laughs> everyone loves Southie but yeah well everyone just likes going out but we're not here to talk about Boston well we might get maybe it. a little bit we might get into it later but we're here to talk about you Keith Campbell um what are you doing what are you up to I guess we should probably yeah I we could- should preface to the um listeners kind of how this came about yeah we're out we're out at banners which is a bar um it's is it attached right by the to the garden? garden or yeah, exactly. Next to the garden. Um, was it March Madness weekend? Was it the first weekend?
0: Yeah, it was. I think it was like the Sweet Sixteen was going on. Maybe okay. Um, and I think I should preface this as well, saying that I met you through my cousin Nicholas, which yes. some people might have uh, listened to the podcast with him and learned a little bit, yeah. a little bit about him. But that's our mutual connection there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were just out. Uh, having a good time at banners which is a pretty fun bar Mm. right by uh tons of tvs if you like sports (laughs) exactly great place to watch march madness or a patriots game or a celtics game or anything Mm -hmm. like that we're just out having a good time uh and you know we and i knew avery had a podcast and he and he uh mentioned to me if if i wanted to be on it and i said of course why not why not (laughs) yeah
1: and you're also, I'll kind of preface this for people, you're not the first dental student to be on the podcast. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So, one of my friends from Vermont, he lives here in Boston now. He's also in dental school. Um, so, it, it might be a reoccurring theme. I don't know. I guess it's two out of, I think, 25. Of, so, I mean, other than Brian, I think dental
0: student might be the highest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good numbers there. Where does he go to dental school?
1: Uh, Harvard
0: oh okay yeah oh that school yeah yeah, oh, yeah. not okay. a great not even a good school but it's okay
1: <laughs> it he's fun I've, you listen to that podcast he'll he's i mean he's from vermont and he's like a very, if you think of the stereotypical like the country vermont kid like that's right. him yeah and he's like yeah all these people like want to win nobel prizes and like i just want to raise chickens in vermont like. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like the yeah. most down-to-earth kid ever he just doesn't does not really fit in but anyways, again, we're not, we're not here to talk about it. Yeah. We're here to talk about you. Exactly. Um, so do you want to tell you again, are in dental school. You want to tell people a little bit about that and yeah, what you're so doing I, guess I can just studying.
0: I can give, I can give a little run through of kind of who I am, where I came from. So, um, I'm from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, went to high school on Cape, mm-hmm. um, played a lot of sports, found out I, I liked the sciences and did well in those classes and my mom was a hygienist um so oh, i was in, into that. dentistry in that mm-hmm. aspect my other aunt is also a hygienist so like that's how i kind of mm-hmm. got into dentistry at first and then family business <laughs> exactly family runs in the family i guess a little bit and then um, i decided to go down to washington dc to uh, play baseball and do school down there at the catholic university of america um, nice. And then I realized that my grades were good enough to get into dental school. So I applied mm-hmm. and I really knew I wanted to be come back to New England if I could for grad school. So I applied to the schools around here. And mm-hmm. luckily enough, I got into BU dental. So now I'm at Boston University um, and I'll be here for the next four years. So nice. Yeah.
1: Um, so why why make that decision to come back home? Was it just you kinda of miss your parents, you miss your family, friends, or was it just you felt the
0: I mean, obviously Boston has one of the best education places in the world, so I think it wasn't was hurt. <laughs> I think it was a mixture of all of those things. Um Boston obviously really, really good schools. Mm-hmm. Um I knew I was familiar with the city. I knew I would love the city and you know, I knew I would love to spend the next four years of my life in Boston. Um, and there were a couple schools in mind, Tufts and BU, that I knew I would love to go to if I had the opportunity to. So I applied to those schools. And really what I was saying to myself was if I get into one of those schools, then I'll probably end up coming here because of the outside motivation of my family and friends all mm-hmm. being in this area, as well as what you were saying. Um, schools in Boston in general, just very good. And you're in a great great place and you get great exposure um, to the medical field and the dental field. So yeah, that was probably the biggest motivation for me.
1: Yeah. It's, it is kind of a weird thing that just, uh, Boston, Boston, Massachusetts is like the Mecca of education almost in the world. It's crazy. I mean, you have Harvard, MIT, like BU, Northeastern, like there's Mm -hmm. just so many incredible schools and it's just like, it's very strange.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons why why I'm back here. And like I said, I knew I would <laughs> I would love the city. Big New England sports fan. Red Sox. The Fenway mm-hmm. Park is like a 15 minute walk from my apartment. Um, is it really that close? Yeah, it's, it's it's really close. And you could take those blue bikes out around the city too if you want to get oh, over yeah, there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think. Like I said, the South End where I live is overlooked by a lot of different areas. It's kind of like in the middle of everywhere. You can go to Southie really quick. You can go to Back Bay. The Prudential Center's right there. Fenway's on the other side. So, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a good spot, and I'm happy. I'm happy where I'm at, and happy I made this decision. So
1: nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so you you said you went to Catholic University of America? Is that correct? I did. Is that people call it like Catholic for short? Yeah, because
0: I've heard that term like Catholic. I think I don't really know much about the school. I figured I would say the whole name of the school because (laughs) some people recognize it as the Catholic University of America. But if I was talking to one of my friends that went to the school, I'd just say Catholic or someone who's familiar, just say Catholic, um, really small school, uh, division three baseball program, um, in the middle of DC. So Mm -hmm. that was again, one of the biggest motivations. I love being in the city. I think it's, I think it's great. So you're just right in the middle. It's like in the northern part of the city. I, I don't know how I could compare it to Boston for people who are familiar. I would say somewhere in this area, like the south, yeah. literally like the south end. Like imagine if there were, yeah, similar to like northeastern or something like okay. that. Um, but down in D.C. So, mm. I mean, I wanted to uh, have the experience of a new city. So, I knew that I like Boston. I like the atmosphere of being in the city and all the different things that you could do. But I knew I wanted to get away from Boston. Mm. And I think D.C. gave myself the best opportunity to do that um and i could also pr- pursue sports um what i love to do and then also get a good education at the same time so mm. it worked out perfectly um and i also went to school with my brother too and i think you've met you met cole before right yeah i think twice maybe okay. yeah that was also a big motivation yeah. so for the i i didn't i didn't say that in, in the introduction <laughs> but i do have have an identical twin brother mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm lucky to have him we do everything do everything together but um he decided not to get into dentistry he took the business route but yeah, yeah we went to school together he took down a lazy D.C. route <laughs> that's that's what I that's what I always tell my brother because he's into like science and yeah. stuff.
1: like I just took the lazy route out <laughs>
0: hey you know what it's not it's not lazy it's whatever whatever makes you happy at the end of the day and that's I, true and I knew I excelled in different things and mm. he excelled in different things and and we kind of we kind of we kind of did our own thing, but you know, we we have a lot of similar interests and in, mm. in a lot of different things. So, yeah, that's just kind of how kind of how it worked out. But we were lucky enough to go to school together um, and play sports. We were on the same team, oh, so, so it was he like he played baseball too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Was Catholic like the only school? Because I don't I don't really know how D three recruiting works. I don't really know. I mean, yeah. I kind of hear from like friends because Brian's D one, so yeah. people say about their experience. But what was that experience like? Or were you guys? kind of walk-ons
0: or I don't it's, know. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I obviously you get advice from like people who have been through the situations So some of the kids I played high school ball with. Um, they were like, go to, if you want to go to Catholic, like go to their recruiting camp because every school has like a specific recruiting camp that you can meet the coaches, the assistant mm-hmm. coaches and whatnot. One of my friends was like, you can go to this camp called head first. You need to have a certain GPA, like high school GPA to get into the camp because a lot of those schools that are there um they require like a minimum SAT or GPA. So I did that Had first camp and um, there were a ton of schools. Like think of any school in the country, like you, they were, they were there probably they had an assistant coach there. Um, So before the, before the tournament, um, it was probably in your best interest to reach out to one of the coaches and be like, I'm interested in the school. Catholic was one of those schools, met one of the assistant coaches down there. He saw one of the games that Cole and I played in and he's, basically said I like I like what I see so then he invited both of us down to the city um and I absolutely loved loved the school loved the location loved the kids there met all the kids on the team and ended up we ended up both committing to the school but it was the only baseball school or in school in general that we looked at together really um, yeah and it ended up just working out that we both went to the same school together he was looking at some other schools um I was looking at some other schools mm-hmm. too and it's funny how things work out like that, but we made it, we made a great decision and, um, decided to go to Catholic together. So,
1: and so how, like, did one of you say you were going and then the other one was like, I want to go too, or was it
0: like literally both your first choices? I think for Cole, it was up there for him. I was looking at some other schools like Middlebury, um, Williams, Mm -hmm. some other, and Amherst college, some other schools, um, Skinmore is another school. So I was waiting to hear back from those schools. And... It was just taking too long. Cold already said he was probably going to go there. And then Catholic was like kind of a little in the middle of the totem pole, I would say, for schools that I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they offered like everything I was looking for in a school, good baseball program, good academics in a city. Yeah. Middlebury is so, not a very big city. I know. <laughs> my and I went, my, my I, camp's like 20 minutes from there. I drive through there every time I go. I think so. the biggest motivation for Middlebury itself was the academics. Yeah. It's a really great school. A really, really good school. But um, it just – didn't work out, which I'm happy it didn't work out because I'm, I'm here now. So everything worked out. Everything works out for a reason. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's
1: very cool. Not many people have obviously a twin and then like not very many
0: twins go to the same college, like playing the same sports team. Like that that is very cool. Um, I think it just says something about the relationship that Cole and I had together. And um, it's hard to explain to people like the twin relationship to like, oh, Can you guys read each other's minds or (laughs) Can you predict what – can you feel what he's feeling or do you (laughs) think you're – I'm like, no, no, and no. But I try to explain it to people. Like, imagine having a best friend that, like, you literally do everything with for probably 18 years of our life, 19 years of our life. We did everything together, Mm -hmm. had the same friends, went to the same schools. Watched the same things, played the same sports, like did everything together. <laughs> Looked the same, <laughs> and, but like spent ev- the only time we were we weren't together was like maybe in some of our classes in high school or middle school. Yeah, and then you and just I'm sure you you probably had classes together at some point, right? Or in, no? I think in middle school, I don't know how other people did it around around yeah. like Massachusetts, but like you would get a report card and it tell you like what what teacher you were with that year or yeah. whatever. My mom would always reach out to the, the principal or whatever and say, I don't want Keith and uh, Cole in the same class because she wanted us to be split apart yeah. and kind of make connections in that way. So I think that was good for us. Definitely. But <laughs> we still had a lot of the same interests. So hmm. kids we played baseball with, we would yeah. spend a lot of time with. and But I think that was good for us growing up. And then in high school, I started taking like different classes and he started taking different classes. So that kind of separated us a little more. But we still played, we still played, all the same sports together and did everything together. So, yeah. So what, what position did you play in baseball? In high school, I played a little bit of everything. um, Utility, man. Utility. Like Like, we didn't have a ton of guys, but we had a really, we had a really good, a really good team. So I played, I caught, I pitched, I played third, I played first, I played Mm -hmm. outfield in high school. And then it gets a little different when you're going to college. I would say you're looking for your best opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if your skills coming out of high school, say you can play outfield, you can play third base, you can play first base. My advice and how I looked at it was: where is my best opportunity in the years to come? Mm-hmm. As a freshman, you don't get a lot of opportunities, so you have to think long term. And for me, I thought third base gave me the best opportunity to play um, to play baseball because I saw that they had a, there was a senior that was graduating there wasn't really a lot of talent around the position. So I decided, I decided to play third base and it, and it worked out, worked out for me.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lo- that's, <laughs> I've not that I have like a ton, ton of experience with college athletes, but um, people that aren't necessarily, I'm not like super like going to the pros level, yeah. but it's just, you go into from high school and you're just kind of not like, you're good at everything. Like you got yeah. awesome and you just have to like find what the team needs essentially. And then you yeah. just practice, 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 practice. And, exactly.
0: Get better at it, and it's crazy going from like a small Cape Town to like even a Division Three baseball program. There's a ton of really, really good athletes and really, mm-hmm. really good baseball players. We had kids from California, kids from Texas, wow. kids from Vir- like all over the place, um, because Catholic is I think a pretty well known school. So yeah, so people were heard about it from California and all these different areas. So you just see all the talent that you get from throughout the country. And yeah, I was, I was kind of blown away at first and, but it makes you want to work harder at the end. You know what I mean? Cause you, you're competing every single day with, with someone else. But, um, like you said, I knew I wasn't going to be going pro. I was just there because I loved baseball. I was pretty good at it. I liked the team aspect of everything. Um, and I, like I said, I just loved, loved playing the sport. So, College baseball is is definitely different than high school baseball, but if you love the sport, I would recommend doing it. And especially if you want to apply to like medical school or dental school and you do well, you play a sport and you do well in school, it definitely helps your application and makes you look a little bit better compared to other people that are applying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we always like to kind of like, I feel like people that don't play sports in college, they like. There's always that kind of negative stereotype, like, do you shit on the athletes? Like, oh, they're athletes. Yeah. I think they're so cool. But there is definitely something to it where you have so many hours. I mean, I mm-hmm. was a college kid. I mean, I was involved in stuff, but I had so much free time. Yeah. Like, to do whatever. <laughs> like, the athletes really didn't. Like, they would get up at, like, 6 a.m. Yeah. or whatever. And then, like, and that's almost, I mean, you you can talk about that in a job interview where, like. Yeah. There are some, like, some days I could, if I could have wanted to, I could have, like, slept until 10 and, like, yeah. <laughs> had two classes and then, like, didn't have anything else to do. Like, obviously, I I was involved in, like, stuff and, like,
0: did things. But athletes just kind of have that built in where you mm-hmm. have to do that. And I think for me, just the way that I was raised and playing sports all the time, I think the structure of, of playing baseball um, in college made me want to work harder, made me, like, focus on on school when i needed to focus on school because if i if i had practice and i had a game and i knew i was traveling like i knew i needed to get things done so Mm -hmm. it was like hard to put things off if you know what i mean um so yeah it gave me that structure in in undergrad which i don't think like a lot of people freshman year like they get lost because you have so like you said you have so much free time if you're not playing a sport or if you're not especially if you're in the middle of dc (laughs) exactly there's so there's so much to do so um yeah so i think it i think it helped me um succeed academically and socially at, at the school so
1: yeah yeah that's one thing that's one reason that i chose
0: a small school
1: that's not like in a big city mm-hmm. going to college because I, I knew i would get lost like you said like yeah. i've been one of those kids that like oh these kids are going to like do this today like i'm gonna go do that like yeah. i think going to a small school <laughs> and like business where everyone kind of takes their s- stuff seriously definitely helped me as far as like <laughs> yeah because in no, high school sure. i wasn't i wasn't like the greatest student like I, I played sports and just like hung out with my friends essentially i was just a yeah kind of average high school kid <laughs> like, there wasn't anything like super outstanding about me um but i think that definitely helped how how did you like living in dc
0: I think it was, I thought it was great. I Did mean, you way-
1: stay on, like, do they have campus housing or do you kind of live wherever you want them?
0: Yeah. So for Catholic, the way that they had it situated was basically your first two years. First year, you would live on campus. Mm-hmm. Second year, you lived in Opus, which is the sophomore dorms or whatever. And, okay. then, and then, junior, senior year, you had the option to live off campus, which I would say 95% of people that were juniors or seniors would live off campus. And then like the other 5%, they had on-campus housing available. Um, My junior year moved in with a bunch of baseball kids. So it was my brother and I, and Mm. then I think five other baseball kids. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So like, and all of them were, um, they were like business majors. So they had a different schedule than me. And I was like studying all the time and (laughs) they were going out and I was like, I got to stay in sometimes. But I did, I did have fun when when I, when I could. So Mm. But yeah, so then after junior year, moved out of moved out of that house because COVID ended up hitting, and then we stopped our season right after spring break. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, "Listen, financially, it makes more sense for you to get out of the lease, stop paying rent. We'll come back to the Cape for." We didn't know how many months it was going to be yeah. at that time. Um, so they those kids ended up staying down in DC, while my brother and I went back home, mm-hmm. spent time at home, took classes at home, which I think a lot of people. We're in the same boat, yeah. And then um, one of my other friends who was on the soccer team reached out to my brother, and I was like, "Listen, we can move into another place when classes are back in person." Mm-hmm. Ended up doing that. So it was actually an Airbnb, but you can rent out Airbnbs for like a certain amount of time. So you did it for like? A, did it for like second some second semester senior year? That's kind of sick. And we didn't have to <laughs> we didn't have to buy into or sign a contract yeah. or anything. We were just paying basically. Um, did you pay it all up front or would you pay it monthly? We, paid, we, we ended up like figuring out a monthly payment or yeah. something of that of that sort. But kind it ended cool. up like being less money than I anticipated. I was like, oh, Airbnb, it's going to be really expensive. expensive. But it it actually wasn't. And it worked out perfectly because we were only going to be in there for a few months or mm-hmm. whatever the time span was. It was from like halfway through or beginning of the second semester, our senior year, until graduation. And then we didn't have to like deal with anything after that. So Yeah dang that's cool um yeah.
1: so and where where in do kind of like all the kids kids college kids
0: essentially live in one area in dc i'm not super yeah. familiar with dc i was it's the, tech- the, <laughs> the north we lived in the northeast part of dc so if you were coming from Mer- maryland mm-hmm. you go th- i don't know what the highway is but you travel right at dc I think it's, is it 95 could could be
1: i don't know, i just drove it like around Christmas
0: time I should remember but yeah so once you get into DC that's kind of where Catholic is there's like oh ched- actually, I remember seeing
1: signs for it, actually now that I think about it when I was driving cuz yeah. I I visited my friend in Baltimore, um, mm-hmm. and then we drove from Baltimore
0: to D.C. for, like, a Christmas party or something. Yeah, it's like something. 45, 50 minutes, yeah. depending on traffic. It's really not that mm-hmm. far to get from Baltimore to D.C. or vice versa. But the north, we lived in the north, Catholic was in the northeast part of D.C., which is called okay. Brookland. And um, that's where pretty much everyone that was living off campus lived. They mm-hmm. have... Um, they have a lot of apartment complexes that have been put up in like the last 10, 15 years, probably just because Catholic is a growing school and people who are in real estate, they see that and they're like, we yeah. will right, we'll put apartments up here and a bunch of people from Catholic will live there. If you didn't live in one of those, one of those apartment complexes, you lived off campus and there were quite a few off campus houses like within a mile or two radius of the school. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, we looked in that area. I had a car so I could be like a little bit more than a mile away and yeah that's, so that's cool that's cool and how how would
1: you compare like dc i i know i don't know how many cities you've traveled to but kind of just compare it to other cities like not a it. D- do you like it do you yeah not like
0: it overrated underrated properly rated i think i think dc gets a little under is a little underrated because okay. most people have only gone to dc for like an eighth grade trip. <laughs> they're like, every <laughs> they, time they I talk to someone, I'm like, I'm like, like, Oh, I went to school down in, uh, down in, in Washington, DC. They're like, Oh, I went once in eighth grade. I was like, Oh yeah, I go, uh, eighth grade trip. And they're like, yeah, I go. So you've seen <laughs> the Washington monument, a- Link- the Lincoln mm-hmm. Memorial, all these places. I think a lot of people just see it as that, whereas mm-hmm. DC is like a very, is like, It's a really, really diverse and really, really cool and fun, fun city. There's so many different areas. Um, like near Georgetown over there, it's super nice area. Mm. Um, you have the northern part of the city where Catholic is, is located. There's a lot. I, there's just a lot to do in the city. I would compare it similar to Boston. The weather's a little bit more mild. So you don't really get those harsh, harsh winters. If they got, if we, if we ended up getting like an inch or two of snow, they would close the entire city (laughs) down. Whereas here, I think. I had we got like six inches of snow one day and I still had class in the morning yeah. I was like, oh this is this isn't DC. Well but... what?
1: We got we got I think we got two feet of snow this past winter,
0: didn't Yeah, that was a crazy <laughs> I have I have a before and after picture of one of the cars out there on really? the side on the curb before the snow and then after the snow. Well you probably it was ridiculous.
1: Th- this is great um podcasting, but this window here you can see the ground. You probably had it
0: like halfway. Oh yeah, the window it was or it, was, it, like it that. was up yeah, it was up high. But yeah, that was crazy. But Weather-wise, it's a little a little bit more mild. The summers okay. are the summers are really really hot down there. But um, yeah, no, DC, D, like I said, DC is a little underrated. I think There's, okay. they have some good. Like the Nationals are fun. Nationals Park, Navy Yards over there mm-hmm. too. But I, for anyone who hasn't been to DC since their eighth grade trip, <laughs> I would say that's probably <laughs> that's, you should probably go down and visit.
1: Yeah, the last time I went, uh, I was like I said, I was in Baltimore visiting a friend. And then we drove to DC um, and I had another friend that like lives in Georgetown and I had never been in that area. It's a really cool area. Yeah. Cause it's like all like super old buildings and nothing's really massive. Yeah. Like there's no like skyscrapers so to speak, but
0: it's all like...
1: Well, Just yeah, in, kinda cool in DC, there's, in
0: DC, there's a Well, you won't see skyscrapers in DC because the tallest building in the city has to be the Capitol. That's the tallest building. You can't have any buildings oh, really? that are that taller I, no, than the no, Capitol. No, no. Yeah. So that's, huh. I found that out when I was down there. I was like, why yeah. aren't there any like crazy skyscrapers? Cause you'll see them in like Alexandria, which is in Virginia. You go, yeah. you go out of the city south, um, towards those bigger, mm-hmm. those bigger areas, you'll see, some some skyscrapers, but not in DC. You can't have any huh. building over that's taller than the Capitol itself. Did not know that. Yeah, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting.
1: But yeah, when I when I was there, we I did do like the whole mall thing. Um, just yeah. like walked around, and
0: which it's fun. Like yeah, it's,
1: it's a I I hadn't done it since I was like a little kid, so it was kind of cool to like go back and experience. And I remember I, I like because I was a kid, I like felt like I was experiencing it like the in, for the first time. It was yeah. kind of cool.
0: I would say, in we, which we did, a, not a lot, but I think it was like a tradition freshman year when you go down there. Everyone's like, "Oh, let's go monumenting." So we call it monumenting. Yeah. You do it at night, though. No one's out there usually during That's the day. Really cool. So we'd go out there at night. We'd bring like I don't know, some beers or something to drink, and just walk around. There's no one there. The FBI is not listening. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's I think it's a, a fun way to experience like yeah the monuments but at like a different time and there's not a lot of people there and everything's well lit so yeah you know there's nothing to wor- nothing to worry about but
1: yeah huh that's
0: yeah i've never been to any of those monuments at night that would have been cool yeah no it's a, it's, I guess it's I a far fun- back yeah you, you should <laughs> there's your invitation to go back right there yeah
1: huh um yeah because i think what was the martin luther king uh memorial that was like yeah. kind of newer so i hadn't seen that that was like he's very tall
0: just <laughs> like looking up at yeah no it. it's, it's crazy it's
1: huge yeah um trying to think of some other highlights from that
0: there's a bunch of museums too that you can go oh, to oh yeah we I, went to um
1: is it the natural
0: history museum yeah there or could be i, I didn't honestly i didn't I spend know. a lot of time at those no at it's, those it's museums. not the national
1: it's the smithsonian yeah like animal one and I kept, I kept thinking it was the New York one where I was going to see the, uh, what is it from the United museum? Is it the oh the T Rex? I just got yeah. my museums. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: yeah, I know. There's that's another good way to like experience a city is do those museums. But yeah. I, I mean, I didn't do that a lot. Boy, you're a college kid. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I was like going to bars and on the weekends. I wasn't going to museums. But. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think now, like when I travel now. Like art museum is like one place I always like to go in city. Yeah. but not so much when I was in college. <laughs> I'm trying to think, does Providence have an Art Museum? I don't know if they do. I'm I, not sure. No, there's a
0: there's a RISD Museum. I think I went to that one. Oh, there's actually. one in Boston here that they is it's called Il- Isabella Gardner Museum. Yes. Yeah. That and there's one's... a Netflix documentary on like the heist yeah. which yeah. is pretty crazy. I don't know if you've if you've seen that. Yeah, I
1: have. Um me and my brother actually went to the museum, gosh, last year, maybe. Probably around this time, honestly. Because I think he was here. I think he was here for... He was here last year. He goes to UMass when yeah. UMass won the Frozen Four yep. like, tournament. So, he was here that weekend. And that was the weekend we went to the museum. Anyways, no one cares about that. Um, but, yes, I've been to that museum. And I watched the documentary, like, the week leading up to it. It's pretty crazy. It is wild. And, like, I'm i've known like just from like having a couple friends in mass like it seems like like not everyone but there are people that have like kind of these weird connections like oh like my like for example my roommate i think it's his his mom's his uncle's like friend was like really close with i forget like one of the people involved or like yeah. might have been involved like it's like it's yeah, crazy because at the end they have like a couple
0: suspects that they that they yeah. brought up and well because they the one guy was in jail for a while and then he got out yeah it's funny you mention that because I that like probably four months ago or so I went home for like mm-hmm. my one of my mom's like cousins passed away so we went to a wake and I was there with my cousin and he like pointed out this guy and he goes do you know who that is I go I I mean I don't I've never seen him in my life I don't know who that is and. He mentioned the guy's name, and it was the guy that you were talking about that, that was in got jail? out of jail. He was in jail. <laughs> I swear on my life. He was in jail for, I could be wrong with these numbers, like 25 years or something. He was in jail for a long time. They couldn't, from the documentary, what I learned from the documentary and looking into the story, they couldn't fully pin it on him. But they knew he had connections in like mm. in the whole entire case. So um he was at he was at the wake, and I I was like, oh my god! And then I looked into the story after the fact, <laughs> and you're just like, holy! And I go, this guy is that guy was crazy. I don't know. I can't believe I was like ten feet away from him. So but it was your cousin's? It was my mom's cousin that ended up passing oh, away, okay. but it was my cousin. Yeah, my cousin's. Yeah, one of those connections, like my cousins. <laughs> like you said, those funny <laughs> connections. My cousin's <laughs> friend or something. Yeah, I don't know why he was there, but damn, that's crazy. Yeah, but they stole like a billion dollars worth of art, like something crazy, and they haven't found hey, I, any of the paintings it's to this day.
1: I think it's the largest heist as far as like valuable yeah, like of all time. Yeah. And like I think obviously I think the pieces were valued a little higher because yeah. of the robbery. Kind of like that's why the only reason the Mona Lisa is so famous because it's been stolen like 30 times or something like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a really good painting. It's cool, but, like, it's just a painting of a woman. Like, it's not like it's anything like crazy. It's all about the story behind the art, you know? No, exactly. But, yeah, for people listening, go on Netflix, watch it, or just Google it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think we covered that pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yes, no, that museum is very cool. Going back to the actual museum, there's like yeah. a obviously there's like a garden in the middle, uh, and there's uh, and it's it's kind of funny they still have the like um, I don't know what you would call it. I know what you're trying to say. The rectangle saying, but I can't outline outline, the outline, outline or the, the border. <laughs> yeah, where the paintings yeah. are supposed to be hanging. Yeah, ha- hanging and there's like a little picture of it. at The bottom. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, there's also the. Uh, was it MoMA, Museum of Massachusetts Fine Art, or MoFA, or something? I don't know. That's um, that's around Northeastern. It's probably actually not that far from here. Yeah, Northeastern's like right up right up the street. Yeah, yeah, that's another one in Boston. I've been to. Um, but yeah, art museums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how'd we get here? <laughs> uh, DC monuments, whatnot. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> So DC is underrated. Good to know. DC is underrated. Um, lot of lot of fun places to go down there. Yeah. There's <laughs> some golf that's fun. Oh really? Yeah. There's. It's not like the nicest course in the world, yeah. but I used to call it the hole in the fence club. So okay. What does that mean? That means we're we're young and broke college students. We don't yeah. like to we don't like to pay for golf. So. We just park on the side of the road and we jump the fence and play play the courses oh, down really? there. Yeah, I, it's it's funny and I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah. you know if if you're trying to save some money, yeah, you can join the hole in the fence club and, <laughs> and jump the fence and play wherever you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, we I
1: used to do that because there's a. Um, I didn't do it a ton, but there's this like development that's like next to this golf course in the mm-hmm. like town I went to high school with. So sometimes we like. I mean, we wouldn't play. It would be at night, but we'd just go out and, like, putt on the greens and stuff.
0: Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, so that's, I mean, yeah. especially fun was now, fun. especially like now when I think in dental school, and I think in, I know, just to transition the conversation a little bit, but, like, for me, at least the best way to, like, deal with stressful times is, like, finding good ways to, like, relieve your stress. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Get your mind off of certain things. And I think for me, golf is, golf and sports are, like, working out is, like, are one of the biggest, biggest things for me that I find ways to relieve stress. And I think it was the same way in, in undergrad. Like if I wasn't playing baseball mm-hmm. or if I wasn't studying, like I'd try to play golf or like hang with my friends in the golf course. And I don't know if anyone, any of the listeners here are into golf or not, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, I've
1: had a couple of golf conversations on the podcast, so hopefully they're interested in it. Um, right. But yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same way with, go- I go back and forth with the time on golf because i'm like oh this is awesome like I can just spend my entire day playing golf but at the same time i'm like oh, i'm spending my entire day playing golf like i could be doing more productive things but to your point yeah like it's kind of good to just kind of because i mean working out you can only work out for yeah. you know what like an hour a like day an hour, like yeah. i mean if you if you're really into it you can work out more but yeah. i mean the average person like an hour and you're like all right yeah so you gotta fill your time with something else um Especially like on the weekend and stuff, you gotta rest a little bit. But, exactly. Um, yeah. Unless you're like me, studying all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, you're just grinding. Built different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, golf is a great outlet. Um, and obviously, I mean, it's just like anything—you get into it, and
0: mm-hmm. you gotta get the new driver and the new balls. And well, yeah, that's something that I didn't. I also didn't mention. Like growing up, I caddied at a golf course. Oh yeah, that's In right. In Falmouth for I think this is this was this summer would be my my twelfth year there. So I've been there since.
1: Are you going to caddy this summer? Yeah, okay. I've been there
0: since I was eleven. Wow! Yeah. and you do it every single year. Every year, it's kind of tapered off a little bit more and more because of obviously, like I'm going to have an internship at at a practice this summer, so okay. I'll, I'll have weekends, but um, grow like. Throughout college, I was probably caddying five five days a week, um, and all at the same course, all at the same course. Yeah, so I walk in there. I, all a lot of the a lot of the guys have seen my brother and I grow up like over the years. But that's really that's how cool. that's how I got into golf at first. Yeah. It was caddying. Um, I think I just I don't know I just loved being outside like in the summer. I think it's a great way to make money, um, learn how learn how to build a good work ethic, and um, also learn how to talk to people and conversate with people who are very successful and also make connections that, um, you know, that, that'll last a lifetime. So mm. I think caddying did that for me. Um, and I'm happy my mom got us into it. Uh, Cause did she kind of just say you guys are doing this. Or? <laughs> yeah. So I think, a bunch of my friends, they wanted to umpire. So there was like Sandwich Little League was in the town that yeah, I, I grew there's up a, there's in.
1: A, there's one kid that I went to college with um, that he,
0: he was an umpire. So I'm pretty in Sandwich. Yeah, so <laughs> it was actually funny how it happened. So all my friends, they were going to do that. And I think that was my plan when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Good mm-hmm. way to make money. You just go there for a couple hours a day, ump a couple games. Um but they were only taking so many umps that year, and my friends ended up taking the class without telling my brother and I because I think they didn't want like the oh, competition so or something. Oh, really? <laughs> so my mom goes, "Screw them! Like, yeah, I'm gonna get you another job, a better job." <laughs> and shout go, out, mom! I know that's what I'm saying. Beast, thanks, mom. Appreciate it. But she's like, "I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna have you guys apply to caddying." I hadn't, no, I didn't knew nothing about. God. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I owned a set of golf clubs at that point in my life. But so you like didn't anything? Like play growing up or anything? You no, just, no, huh. I didn't. I was around a little bit because my grandparents lived on a golf course. So, I mean, I knew the game of golf, but it's it. I, I didn't know it like I like I know it now, or like it the way that I that I love golf now. But um, like anything, you can you can learn how to do it. You can be a good caddy and know nothing, and not be a good golfer. Yeah, like, I feel like that's a misconception. It's like, oh, I don't want a caddy because I don't know golf. But like anything you can you can learn so started when i my mom was like you guys are gonna do this you're gonna do this ended up sticking it out went through the training um my brother and i go in there first day so my mom wanted to like incentivize um like having us go there she's like i'll let you guys i'll let you guys skip school um and you guys can caddy for your first day at the golf course (laughs) like sure like fine we'll do that we go in. We're sitting. We're sitting in in the caddy room. So like most caddy programs, you have like a caddy room. Everyone sits in. Our boss comes walking in, and he comes up to my brother, and he goes, "Which one of you two is younger, or which one of you two is older?" That's what it was. Which one of you two is older? And my brother goes, "I'm 30 seconds older than Keith." <laughs> and he goes, "All right, you're caddying for Tuukka Rask today." What? Yeah, I swear to God, his first time ever caddying was for an NHL uh, Bruins player, and at, at, <laughs> at the time it was like we were twelve. So this is back when Tim Thomas was still on the team, yeah, and they had, like it was recently won the like the Stanley Cup, um, and he was the backup. But that was the first that was the first loop that he that he had. Jesus, that's pretty sick. And I think since that point, Cole's like I, we both were like we love it. I think he made a hundred bucks. He was eleven years old, so like money's yeah. you know, relative at that point. What, you're gonna, what are you gonna <laughs> buy when you're 12 you know what i mean so candy and chips yeah, right candy chips you're not paying for gas you're not paying for this and that but yeah so then Damn, that's kind of crazy. did
1: you guys have any other like kind of crazy caddies of like famous people that,
0: i think or, uh, yeah so maybe not famous but just cool people yeah um bobby orr plays a lot um at huh? sack and acid he's actually he lives in sandwich so he's oh, mean, for the people who don't know he's like the best Bruins player or one of the best Bruins players. Is he
1: the guy, the video of him jumping? Exactly. So if
0: he had, there's a statue of him outside of the garden. So he, he's a member at the Ridge club, which is in, in sandwich, but he'll play a little bit over at at Sac and sometimes, which is the course that I work at. Um, another funny story of a guy that I caddied for, um, people know him as Hootie or like Darius Rucker. Oh, Um, really? (laughs) He had a concert at, um, the melody tent Mm -hmm. and, we're sitting, we're sitting at the, usually if you're waiting for a loop, there's like, you sit on the brick, we call it the bricks or whatever, waiting for someone that needed a caddy and they were asking for a caddy and they saw us out there, they would pick us up. But next thing you know, I see a tour bus come rolling <laughs> through. I'm not even kidding. It was a purple tour bus. I remember it to this day. Comes rolling through <laughs> and it parks out back. And then yeah. our boss comes up and he goes, Oh, you guys know who Darius Rucker is? I go, Yeah, I know Darius Rucker. <laughs> and he goes, All right, you're caddying for him. I go, Sure. And Darius Rucker, I mean, he, he owns a few golf courses actually. He's a he's really big into golf, so he'd he would travel huh. the country. I
1: had, I had no
0: idea. Yes. I just knew him as like country star. Like Yeah, was, so he's yeah, he's a country star. He was what, Hootie and the Blowfish. I I think was the band that he started yeah, with. Yeah. And now and it's now just now it's like just a solo him. Act. Yeah, which I I mean, he has really good country music, but he also loves golf. So that was huh. another guy that that played at Sac and Not a ton of famous people, but a lot of like pretty pretty wealthy people, yeah. successful people. So that's where I made a lot of connections um, into dentistry, a lot of dentists that worked there. So, um, you know, guys who went to Tufts or BU and can mm-hmm. vouch for me when I was applying. So like I said, you make good money. Yeah, um, It's a great place to work, but also connections are invaluable. You can't put a price on connections. So yeah. if someone can vouch for you outside of um, outside of the golf course, that's, that's huge. So yeah. I mean, that's how my brother got his job working at Dell. Um, obviously like you need to have good interview skills and good grades, but like if someone can say, listen, Cole or Keith, they're a good kid, they're a good kid on the golf course. Like I respect them. They work hard, this and that, Mm. that goes, that goes in my opinion, further than sometimes killing an interview or, um, having good grades or this and that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's intangible things. Yeah. So all, all you young kids out there, if you can, if you can get a caddying job at a golf course, good summer job. I would say I would say that's uh, that's a that's a pretty it's a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would try. Get your mom to go get you a <laughs> <the> job. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, she pushed her off first. Yeah, kids. yeah. That was a pretty funny story. Did, did
1: you ever like hate it? Like I mean it's gotta be hot in the summertime, it's like ninety degrees.
0: I like. think the worst part about caddying, which most people who have caddy can attest to this yeah. unless the caddy program is run differently, is the fact that you have to wait around a lot when you're first caddying um but when i was younger we were doing a lot of waiting around and then you start caddying for guys and you do a good job and you get their number and then they (laughs) and then they're requesting you every time they come in so like i said with anything like you get better you progress Mm -hmm. in the job there's different rankings as caddies too like a lot of people don't know that different rankings as you get higher in the rankings you start you start (laughs) becoming well known at the course and you start meeting new people and then All those, all those issues just like fade away. So every time you're coming in the course, you know, you have a loop, you know. But at first, it's like anything else. You're starting lowest on the totem pole. Mm -hmm. You have to make a name for yourself. You have to do a good job. You have to show your bosses you're willing to wait around to, to find, to get a loop or go out and caddy for someone. So that's where it comes in is you learn a lot about working hard. And, but that's the, that's the hardest part, I think. Like you said, sitting in like a hot room for hours, like sometimes you would wait four or five hours without, Going out and Jeez. sometimes you wouldn't even get out, but that loop that pays like three hundred dollars makes up for that yeah. the day before where you where you didn't go out. And yeah, listen, if I wait around for three hours and it's an eighty degree weather on Cape, I'll go right to the beach. I don't care. Yeah, it's, right. it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll have some fun. Exactly.
1: Um, so how did? So obviously you're being a caddy. You're around the golf course, so mm-hmm. naturally you probably get into golf. But did yeah. like. Did you get help from, like, the PGA professionals there or, like, the golfers that golf there? Or did you just kind of,
0: like, pick up a club and start swinging when you had time? I think, like, the transition into me enjoying golf, my grandparents bought... My brother and I are set for Christmas one year, started playing a little bit at Sack It, when you, f- it's a private course, so it's hard to play there. Like when you first start working, you get privileges on like Tuesday afternoons or whatever. And then as you become like a higher ranked caddy, you gain more privileges. Hmm. Um, and then that's when, when I, when I got to like late high school and then early college, I really started like understanding that golf is a great game. It's a lot of fun. You can go out there with your friends there's a lot of good business opportunities with the game of golf. So then you hit a good shot and you're like, oh, this is actually, this is actually kind of fun. And then, you know what I mean? You have a good time out there. So, um, but I think the where I learned a lot was learning how to play the game of golf. You learn from caddying. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a lot of the kids who also caddy were very good. So I had a few buddies who were like really, really good golfers. So after work I'd go out with them, and they would give me tips on like how to swing and this and that. And playing baseball, the mechanics aren't the same at all. Most baseball yeah. players, they slice it, it goes yeah. hard right. And um that's what I struggle with at first. But like I said, you asked the question about how you learned and I think one of the biggest things was just going out there with buddies after after working and you know, some of the PGA professionals that work there, they would be like, Listen, do this or try this or go to the range and try this, do this drill and all those things work. But like anything the more you practice the more you're around it the more you play it's just you're going to get better
1: yeah 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 and it's funny that you mentioned the baseball thing cuz
0: yeah. I, I i have like i've
1: played with some hockey kids back from home um too and it's just it is funny seeing people like swing a golf club yeah. like they're trying to swing like they're trying to like shoot a hockey puck or like yeah. a baseball swing cuz it's it, like you said it's completely different
0: and it's just when you're like oh swing something like it's yeah. natural like <laughs> yeah and people get frustrated because the ball is yeah. not moving it's and i played baseball my whole life i'm hitting a curveball or a fastball that's away. <laughs> way i'm like i can hit this but like why can't i hit a ball that's yeah. not moving it's just a different sport and it takes a while and i think golf has like a weird learning curve it takes yeah. a while to get good but you have to push past those boundaries mm-hmm. it's not like i'm like i've seen people play football and get really good at it really fast or um you know play basketball and get really good at it really fast. Golf is one of those things that like you have to learn how to play it and you also have to learn how the mechanics of it and I could talk about golf forever, I really <laughs> I really could, but um you yeah, know no, it's it's fun, but at yeah. the end of it, you don't have to be amazing to have a good time oh, out there. No, it's like no. Yeah, you're out in nature most of the time. Exactly. Like, You're hopefully it's sunny, <laughs> hopefully you have a couple a couple beers or a couple yeah. cocktails in in the cup holders and mm-hmm. you're having a good time. So Yeah
1: um yeah where was i going with this
0: i had another thing about golf um
1: oh the mental like aspect of it too is i think that's the hardest part and why golf's such a hard sport and that's why tiger's so crazy yeah like crazy person but just i mean the mental part of it kind of is just because it's so easy to get discouraged and obviously the most the most um I guess I've seen people play golf the most like on TV mm-hmm. and obviously they're professionals yeah. so they are like really good, but you see people on golf like channel or whatever and they put it on the green yeah. like almost every time. And they're like hitting the putts like right next to the hole. And it's yeah. like, ah, oh, why can't I just do that? Like, yeah,
0: well they still struggle with the mental aspect, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Cause it's like a huge part of the game and you can talk, you can hear anyone like Tiger probably talks about it all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. like you have to train yourself to be mentally, mentally strong in any situation and i think that's why the greats are great like in any sport because the mental i mean all these professional teams and all these professional athletes use like mental like coaches and all the. because if you're if mentally you're not there you're just not going to perform you won't Like Mm. you're mentally you're it won't you will not allow your body to perform the way that it, it has to so I mean, I call myself a head case on the golf course because <laughs> I'm one of those guys who cannot control his mental out of yeah, the course. So yeah, you hit one bad shot and they tell you to move on, but it's easier said, said than done. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But like there's a ton of books out there and a ton of people that have talked about the mental aspect yeah. of like sports or anything in general. It's, it's a big part of the game. And, um, like you said, that's why Tiger and Jack Nicholas and all these guys are like so good at the game. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah cuz like the
1: current PGA I just think of it was like Rory and then it was like Justin yeah. just Jordan Spieth and then it was like Kepka mm-hmm. and then like they're good for like a short stretch but then yeah. you, you just can't prolong that dominance cuz it's yeah. so mentally taxing yeah. you turn into a crazy person
0: Yeah I think I think uh Ricky Fowler is a great example of that too like everyone yeah. knew Ricky when he first started in the PGA he was elite he was like one of the best guys super young mm-hmm. won the players at what like 23 24 yeah he was, yeah, he was young. so young and then just has dropped off the face yeah. of the earth like he wasn't even invited to the masters because he obviously if he had never won the masters so yeah. you don't get re, you don't get invited back but they have like the top 100 players in the world playing. and he's not even up there anymore yeah which i think goes to show you can go from being like the top guy win a major and just drop off the face of the earth which i mean that just goes to show you it's a it's a mental game so mm. yeah
1: you play any like cool courses outside of Massachusetts or DC uh
0: yeah so i don't I know think if you've been the on first, any golf trips the f- the yeah so i actually have a funny story of one <laughs> of the guys i caddy for um at s like i said building relationships is huge i caddied for him when i was 11 years old He was like this is a good he's a good kid keith's a good kid ended up winning like the member guest tournament at the course when i was 12 and he gave me like a thousand dollars i was like oh my god i'm 12 years old the guy gave me a thousand dollars for wow. three days but alex and i we like ended up having like a really good relationship and he'll invite me down to west palm he's a member at this course called old palm which is like a very exclusive very nice course down there mm-hmm. um so I'd say that's probably like one of the nicest courses I've ever played out outside of Sac and Obviously, I, I have I'm a little biased towards <laughs> towards the course that I, I grew up on and, and played all the time. But um, I was actually down there this past winter um, when I had break from school, and uh, they have a 19th hole there, which is pretty cool. It's like over the water. You you hit it's like 100 yards over the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the word on the street was that Charlie Woods was around, so Tiger's son Charlie. Yeah. Uh, he lives on, like, the 11th hole um, with his mom. And I'd seen him around, like, a couple days before that. And this was, like, right after the PNC tournament. Yeah. It was, like, the father-son tournament. Yeah. So, it was peak Charlie Woods <laughs> hype time. Well, yeah. Because
1: I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking back to that tournament. And I forget what par 3 it was. But it was, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, and he, like, they moved everyone back, including the kids. So yeah. Like, to like the tips or whatever
0: and it was like a 108 yard shot he hit the best shot of the week like there <laughs> yeah the kid's like 13 and last or last year was like 12 11 or 12 or yeah. something like so young and he they're like oh he eagled a hole like i don't think people realize that like most the average golfer will never have an eagle like in their life i've never eagled <laughs> a hole it's ridiculous i got lucky a couple years ago and had one but getting back to the yeah, story this bet. was like charlie woods hype time mm-hmm. and we see two kids fishing on the 19th hole it was an island green so my buddy chris and i were like all right let's hit our shots 100 yard shots we both hit the green and i walk out i walk by i'm like yeah that's charlie right there so i was like all right we gotta usually people just leave the balls on the green yeah. because they don't care but like whatever we're like all right let's walk so there's a little neck that runs out towards the green mm-hmm. and they were fishing on like towards the neck part not on the green and so we walk out to grab our balls in the green i come back and i go i go I go, hey Charlie, and he like snapped his head around, and he's like, "Who's this kid?" And I go, Charlie, good job, th- good job this past week. And you mind if I get a picture with you? Yeah. And he goes, "No, nah, my dad would hate that. My dad doesn't allow me to take pictures with other people." I go, oh, "I know, I know, Tiger. You can let me, you can let me take a picture." But yeah, I, I was ve- I was very Charlie Woods hype beast, and yeah, I had to ask him for a picture, but I didn't get one. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's out on the range too. You see him out there at that course, and huh. um. And he's just has a perfect swing. So it's crazy. But yeah, that's one of the, it's a really nice course. And I love going down there. I call mm. it fantasy land down there in West Palm. <laughs> yeah. Basically is. Yeah. I don't th- like outside of the Northeast. I've never golfed anywhere.
1: Um, but I'm going down to Naples, Florida in a yeah. couple of weeks and we're doing tpc treviso i think it's pronounced yeah treviso bay i don't know if you've heard of that course never
0: heard of it there's supposed a lot of, to be nice it's I don't prob- know. if it's t- if it's like a tpc course it's i think it's tpc yeah it's probably really nice um but yeah naples, yeah naples is naples is a good spot there's no shortage of golf down there <laughs> no yeah yeah we're bringing our clubs i know
1: we're gonna play there i don't know if we're gonna play anywhere else i mean i'm i'm like also working the entire week so it's not yeah. like a full vacation we're just taking like a friday and the weekend off yeah um but hopefully get some sun although the sun's peeking out now Let's it's starting to
0: poke to just, its head out yeah my seasonal depression was getting up there i know dude <laughs> i was saying the same thing because like i said i spent the last four years down in dc and like the coldest day you get down there is maybe in like the low 30s yeah and then you come up here and it's consistently like you're just bombarded with like below fifteen degrees, wind chill is ridiculous, there's no sunlight. I'm stuck in my apartment studying and go, Wow, this is seasonal depression at its finest right here. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, last last night I went to a friend's house. He lives like kind of this like a little far outside of the city, like forty five minutes or whatever. But I just had to leave my apartment and just like yeah. get out into nature and like we yeah. had a fire. But it's like
0: because yeah. it, just the winters in a city is just uh, it's brutal. But it it makes you enjoy and respect like the nice days. It yeah. does when they start coming around. You're like ah, oh, you're just like in such a good mood because you know you can go outside and and, and it's finally not like twenty degrees out. So <laughs> yeah, but it's coming up. Um do you
1: want to talk a little bit about dentistry school? I know you're studying and stuff, so I don't know if you want to uh, talk about it.
0: But Yeah, I mean, I, I can talk about it a little bit. I, I know I, I talked about how I got into dentistry. Yeah. I think the spark. Do you know what you want to, like, do in the future? Is it still exploratory for now? I think it's exploratory, and I answer this the same way to, to all people. So, first year is, like, I would explain first year of dental school as, like, being a pledge in a fraternity like you take the hard classes all you're not doing a lot of dentistry you take like the hard sciences like physio biochem like microbiome all these classes putting in the work kind of like a weed out weed out year for some kids if they're not into it or they don't want to put in the work they kind of build that work ethic in you second year you start taking more dental courses so a lot of the specialties in dentistry are based solely on your grades and your gpa and, and what kind of things you've done in the school so and I haven't taken courses in endo or perio, which are, like, if or if you've had a root canal, that's an endodontist that's mm-hmm. done that. Or if you've had an implant done, that's a periodontist that's done that. Or an orthodontist does braces. Those are yeah. really, really competitive specialties to get into. Um, I haven't learned a lot about any of those specialties. And if my grades are where they need to be by my third year, <laughs> if I'm applying for a specialty um, – and I have an interest in endo or perio, then I'll, then I'll take that route. But, oh, that's, that's Tucker. What's up, Tucker? <laughs> then I'll take that route. So I don't yeah. know. Well, it's, so you have to
1: apply to, for a specialty. Like it's another application. Process. Yeah. So if
0: you want to do is it within the school or is it a different like school? You or? can apply every school. It's like, uh, schools and hospitals have specialty programs. Perio is like two to three years on top of dental school. So once you're oh, done with four geez. years, oral surgery, which I have a couple friends who want to do that. You have your DMD, which is doctor of dental medicine. And then you have, um, then you have your MD. So you have to go to school for another four to six years on top of four years of dental school, on top of four years of undergrad, on top yeah. of four <laughs> years of high school. And all like, it's crazy. Um, but the same at the same,
1: um, i don't want some like random person off the street like taking out my teeth and stuff like yeah no yeah you don't you You don't want want someone that that
0: knows what they're doing exactly yeah so there's a lot of hoops to jump through at that point but i think i i don't know if i have an interest in any of those specialties but like i said if my grades are where they need to be and if i have an opportunity to specialize or i Mm -hmm. find an interest in something and my grades are there then then i'll pursue it but if not then general dentistry is is really good. So like most people who are going into the dentist or seeing a general dentist, yeah. they can do everything. They do fillings, they do crowns, they do veneers, they do all these different things. Um, and I think it, it lends itself to like doing whatever you want to do is, where as a specialty, you're doing like the same thing every single day for yeah. like your whole career, but you do make, pro- I mean, you make more money. Yeah. Um, so it's like whatever, whatever you find interest in, whatever, whatever you want to do. So that would be the future. But as of right now, I'm focusing on, I kind of, I, the way I look at, I don't try to get too far ahead of myself. I know I have goals, but that's a good mindset. I think if you get too far ahead of yourself, then it can be, it can be a negative thing. So I try to, I try to focus on short term goals and looking at things in that, in that spectrum, but Mm -hmm. also having like, very broad long-term goals in mind. Yeah. So that's how I'm looking at dental school and you know you you figure those things out as as you have failures and as you have successes you kind of figure out what works for you and the best way to look at life and in taking on something new. So that's kind of how I'm looking at my future and 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 what I want to do. So
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah that's one issue I have is I try to plan things like too far out in advance and then yeah. those things naturally don't happen because mm-hmm. it's like unrealistic like expectations or whatever and then it's like oh and then you get let down you're like oh, like i'm a piece of shit like i'm like this isn't working out or whatever so that's that's very commendable of you that you're kind of living the moment and i yeah. mean who knows you might meet someone that is really into something like yeah. into a specialty or yeah you might meet someone that isn't a specialty. And be like i don't want to be like them like
0: <laughs> yeah well no it's like the same thing like you say unrealistic goals like I think everything can be attainable to like a certain point. Like when I was applying to dental school, it seemed like getting accepted was like an unattainable goal. But there's all these smaller goals leading up to that final goal. Like, oh, I needed to do good in this class. I did good in that class. I needed to start my application, started my application. I needed to, a recommendation. I did that. So you kind of like compartmentalize all these different things and it ends up like leading to that, leading to that bigger goal. So like, yeah, it's great to have these like very big long-term goals. But if you don't like look at it in smaller microcosms of that, you know what I mean? Like it can be negative for you. So, yeah. Uh, I got a question for you. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess this is what the podcast is, is I ask questions. Um, (laughs) But just give a – I know it's, like, dental school, so it's, like, kind of specialized. But just people, like, that might be thinking about going to, like, graduate school, Mm -hmm. um, because obviously it is a graduate school. Just what are kind of, like, the differences between –
0: undergrad and graduate or like similarities or is it pretty much the same or is it a lot different i mean it's it's a lot it's a lot different for me i mean at least for dental school um i think in undergrad i was taking like maybe i don't know how many credits but like now i'm taking now i'm taking like th- almost 30 credits a semester which is like kind of ridiculous but i also have a lot more free time because i'm not playing a sport so it's like mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for graduate school is you're going to fail at first. You're not going to know exactly what to do, but it's finding what works for you. And that goes with, that, with anything anything that you're you're trying. So, like, first semester, it's weird that I say this. I felt like I was going to, like, too many classes. Like, we would have eight or nine hours of classes. Yeah. And a lot of kids were, like, not going to class or taking that time to, like, study. Because, huh. like, we have one exam a week. I know it's weird. People are like, oh, you're not going to class, but like yeah. you're learning all the information anyway on your, if it's on, you know what I mean? If it's on your own. But if I have an exam on a Friday and I'm going to classes that, that exam's not for another three weeks, yeah. you're like wasting your time in that, in that sense. And I feel like I was, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So for grad school, you'll, it's some people like to go to all the, like I have some friends who go to like every single class, but like I said, it's again, finding what works for you. Uh, you're going to have a lot of free time. Um, and also like if you're going to go to grad school make sure you're like passionate about like what you're going to be studying because you know i had i had a friend who was in dental school for a couple months and then like realized he didn't want he didn't want to do it because it was it's really hard like it's going to be hard yeah so if you're going to be doing something hard that's going to take a lot of effort and be mentally like very taxing on you you, you better know that you want to do it and you better know that you're passionate about about doing it um and if you find like any kind of doubt like Think about it, think through it, and just make sure you're making like the right decision. Because dental dental school is expensive. Grad school is expensive. Yeah. You have to think about the loans and the investment that you're putting in yourself and all mm-hmm. these different things. So yeah. So anyone that's going to grad school, make sure, make sure you want to do it, make sure you're passionate about it. Make sure you find what works for you because it's gonna be hard. There's gonna be challenges. But if you can find what works for you, that's how you're going to find the most success for for what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and I also feel like grad school is definitely more self discipline. Yes, 100%, in my percent like understanding of it, because in college, I mean, if you are smart and you surround yourself with like people that mm-hmm. excel in college, like you all kind of push each other to yeah. at least hopefully pass all your classes. Yeah. If not, like get on dean's list or whatever. Um, <laughs> but in in grad school. I mean, a lot of your friends work, like, maybe Monday through Friday you know, yeah. or, like, are a nurse or something. they have off days where they don't have to do absolutely, like, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. But as a grad student, you always have, like, there's, like, you, you always got to study or you, like, have class and stuff. So, yeah. I feel like there's more, like, because like, other
0: people, they just show up for work. Yeah. And, then like, that's it. That's all they have to do. I think you made a good a very good point there which I didn't mention and it was like finding your group of people. So for me, mm-hmm. I don't know, it wasn't hard for me to like meet people um when I first got into dental school, but we all work very very hard and if you surround yourself with like a good group of people that are working their asses off like mm-hmm. every single day, you're going to be motivated yourself to to keep up with them or make sure you're doing the right thing. So for me, I have a great group of friends at BU and we're all like working very hard. Mm -hmm. Everyone's interested in one specialty or another specialty, but we all want to do very well and we all hold ourselves to a high standard. So I think that's very important. If you get caught up in, in like what other people and like what other people are doing, Mm -hmm. other groups are doing, like you have to surround yourself with the right people. And I think that's Mm -hmm. important because if you don't, then you're, you might, it might hurt you in, in a negative manner. So for me, like finding that group of people that, were the same personality as me and had the same interests and worked as hard as me. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that was like very, very important because it's very motivating when you have kids that are always working, always working hard to, to do the same thing. So, yeah, I forget who said it. I'm very bad. I'm
1: very good at like recalling things, but not who said it. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I think it was some psychologist or something, but essentially you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Cause like, not like everyone obviously thinks they're the yeah. greatest human on the earth. <laughs> like everyone thinks that <laughs> and you're not like, yeah, you're not. but, um, just like they're just pick like five or six people around you and like how, like how successful they are. Yeah. However you like manage success, whether it's like happiness, money, like yeah. doing well in school, whatever. Yeah. You're like kind of the average of those five people. Yeah. Like there's going to be a couple below you, a couple above you. Like, so if you, again, if you surround yeah. yourself with like, a bunch of people that are like unemployed or whatever, like not not to say that like people that are unemployed. Yeah, are but sur- people it, but yeah, it's yeah, just no, like it,
0: it relates to if you sur- life in general. Yeah, if exactly. If you're
1: surrounded by a bunch of negative people, you're gonna be a negative person. Yeah. If you're surrounded by people that are like drug addicts, like you're yeah. obviously gonna be more likely to, like it's like anything. Yeah. Um so you kind of Going back to being like a caddy and stuff, like yeah. surrounding yourself exactly. with good people. I just... think that was
0: like one of the biggest motivations of like wanting to be successful was like seeing what kind of freedom you get when you're successful and like seeing how, I mean, some of these people show that they're happy and what, whatnot, but I just like that whole idea of like just being being there, being successful, like seeing what dentistry, because I've met a lot of dentists at the golf course and just having them talk about the profession and how passionate they were was 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 big for me so yeah just surrounding yourself with with the right people is, is always is always key do you think that was a pretty big influence too just like
1: growing up caddying for yeah. dentists
0: a hundred, well that i mean it's not that they, there there is not a, it was more like business guys at, at the course oh, than anything okay. but yeah there was a lot of, a lot of dentists but i think caddying allows you to see why people are successful the way that they act um it allows you to learn from them you're on a course with someone that's like crazy successful for four hours. Like I mm. love picking people's brains, like billionaires, like guys, yeah. guys that own companies and this and that, like asking about their life, where they went to school, mm. like why they're, why they chose what they chose and where yeah. they grew up. Like ex- all those different things. Well,
1: yeah. It's like that question. What was, would you rather have like $50,000 or like dinner with like Jay-Z or something like that? Did, yeah. did you see that? I, that was trending on the internet like a couple months ago, yeah. maybe, but it was like, what's more valuable hang like spending time with someone like jay-z and having a dinner and obviously he's a billionaire or
0: just quick cash i think i i I think i'd go with the jay-z like i I, for me it more it resonates more i would say like tom brady or 50 or 50 grand (laughs) i would say probably tom brady like money's money but like how many opportunities are you gonna get to talk to someone who's a genius in their own in their own you know what i mean Mm. and like their realm so like jay-z genius in the music world billionaire yeah like started his own company he's like crazy good rapper and I, I mean and tom brady's the same way so like I, I think the things you can learn this goes back to what i was saying the things you can learn from successful people and then Im- implement that into your life and if if you find being a member at a private golf course or like starting your own business is is what you want to do then then talk to these people and figure out how they got there. Like Mm -hmm. that's the whole process. Cause it didn't happen. Didn't happen overnight. Like it's a process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them say the same thing, like work hard, find what you're passionate in and the things will just, the things will just work out for you in in that sense.
1: And it is crazy in this world that uh, I'm trying to think of someone, for
0: example, Elon Musk, like
1: one of like, I mean, say what you want about like, like a person, like political, obviously like, Uh, but he's he's very smart and he builds rockets and cars and whatever richest man depending on what the tesla stock price is in the world yeah but i've consumed probably i mean how many i've probably consumed like 10 hours of him just on a podcast talking yeah and at no other point in the world did people were people able to like people like like very wealthy successful people like Henry Ford no one was consuming 10 hours of Henry Ford talking yeah or like rockefeller yeah, you or or learn you can learn, like people people learn that a lot like own these giant businesses i'm sure like
0: there's people in like the dentist field that you've like i don't know if, how much starting you- to get starting to get into that i think social media lends itself to like Finding things that you're interested yeah. in too. There's a lot of dentists that are on social media, so you can see like what they're doing for work, and mm-hmm. you can see like the new the latest and greatest things, and like the new technology that's coming out in the field. And it's so acce- accessible. Yeah. Where before it was you, the only thing you could learn about dentists is you'd have
1: to go to dentist school. Yeah, you'd have to read. Place you'd, you'd have to read a book or something. You know yeah, I mean? like yeah, and a, and again, a book you can only put so much into a book versus like if you listen to a podcast exactly. or watching a movie or something like that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So much information out there. if You want it. Exactly. Someone say too much information. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sometimes too much. You can get yeah. overwhelmed, but <laughs> yeah. Like Elon Musk is like the Thomas Edison of like this. Freak, yeah. Of like, yeah. Imagine,
1: imagine of if this we, generation. If yeah. You think about it like that. Imagine if we had 15 hours of Thomas Edison, like talking right. about like, Joe Rogan or like Lex Friedman or like yeah. some podcaster, like, yeah, like the guy's a ge- like genius, Ben you know? Franklin or like <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci. Like, it's just, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, that would, that's actually funny you mentioned that. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. I'd listen, I'd listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get some uh, AI to like recreate their brain or something. Yeah, you never know. Polygram. That could, that could be down the road. It could be, <laughs> you never know. All right. Um,
1: oh, oh, we just,
0: past an hour
1: you got a any, you got anything else you're not really that interesting twin um, <laughs> i got played the- college baseball it's not that much caddy was down in dc yeah, caddy, yeah. DC. i think
0: we i think we had a solid <laughs> conversation Charlie woods I, yeah that was that was pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> just yeah just trying yeah. to take pictures of little kids yeah. a little weird but <laughs> I told you this was this was peak Charlie Woods hype these times. So I needed, I had to, I had to at least try. And I think it's a funny, I think it's a funny story too. No, so. it is, it is. <laughs> yeah, that kid, that kid's very cool. He's so
1: cool. Yeah, he's he's uh he's gonna have a lot of pressure on him though. Going, moving yeah, hold, forward, life, it's like is, LeBron's son. Yeah, yeah. But so far, I think Tiger has been pretty good about like just like yeah, it's for fun, like whatever. I mean yeah. he's also 12 so like <laughs> it's yeah. hard to be like you got to be practicing. Yeah. Also
0: think, his dad was such a dick. To his him. <laughs> dad was, yeah, I think there the there's another documentary on his dad and like there was an absurd story of like Tiger dating some some girl when he was in high school or something and then his dad saw it taking away from his golf game and yeah. then practicing so he wrote a letter to the family and to the girl. Like, imagine your dad doing this to, like, someone you first dated in high school. (laughs) Wrote a letter saying, you pretty much stink. You're taking away from my son. He's going to be the best athlete, which one of the best athletes and the best athlete in golf.
1: Mm.
0: But that's crazy. Like, his dad did that? Because especially,
1: like, I feel like high school is the first time when you, like, like, actually are, like... Because in, like, yeah. middle school and stuff, you date, but you do not actually, like, dating. Yeah. High school is, like, your first kind of, quote, unquote,
0: real relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so like that your was... dad just writes a note, break up. I think that was, like, <laughs> the biggest so thing for me though. from that documentary. I was like, okay, his dad was built different. Like, yeah. he wanted him. He saw the talent. But I don't know. To what end? Like, come on. <laughs> but. Ugh, all right. Anything else? You got you got any shout outs
1: you wanna give people? Any
0: shout outs? I already sh- already, I uh, gave out my, I already gave a shout out to my already gave a shout out to my uh to my mom. Shout out, shout my out mom. My mom my dad, my brother. Hopefully <laughs> Cole hopefully Cole listens to this. He got a little shout out. <laughs> obviously can't can't leave my sister hanging it's her birthday today oh is it Happy yeah dude birthday. and you know what it's kind of sad but they're in austin texas they're yeah. celebrating down there for easter oh can't everyone's go. down there my whole family's down there i can't because they're visiting cole cole's moving out yeah. to austin for for work and you can't go of school i can't go because listen Aww. i gotta fin- i gotta finish strong but yeah. there's a lot more easters uh coming up coming up so hopefully we'll be that's able to good. get out there that's at some good point. But, yeah. yeah have you been down there to visit them I did, yeah. So we didn't ha- we didn't even have a spring break, but we had from the beginning of our second semester. We sh- we had an exam every single week up yeah. until like a couple like a couple weeks ago, which is like ridiculous. So working really hard, and we didn't have a spring break. We still had classes, but I was like, listen, I'm gonna. I think most people in our, in our dental school took it as like our spring break because we didn't have an exam that following week. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go down to Texas visit Cole see what see what's up down there. So I went down there. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of great area. People are super nice. Barbecue is amazing. Like tried a lot of the food down there. Bar scene is is really, really fun. A lot of young kids down there. Yeah, Austin I think
1: Austin is gonna be like the city of our generation, if that makes sense.
0: Like everyone's
1: moving to Austin.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so Cole's he's moving down there. He I think I mentioned it for a second. He's working for Dell, he does sales for for Dell EMC. So um He's gonna move down there. They have they have a company or they have like a headquarters in Round Rock, which mm-hmm. is just outside of Austin. So he's yeah. looking for yeah. Yeah, I job
1: shadowed with a girl from my school that worked in the was it Franklin? Is it yeah. the Franklin yeah, yeah, office? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then she like went down to Austin. Yeah, and she lo- She liked it down there, from what I.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. EO. So Franklin was there. Not that people listening care, but Franklin was like <laughs> the head of EM- EMC is like yeah. this big company and then and Dell, Dell bought them. them for the biggest tech acquisition of all time still to this day, which is kinda really? crazy. Yeah. Did not, uh, um shout out is it Michael? Is it Michael Dell Michael Dell, yeah. yeah, yeah shout out if Michael. He, if Michael Dell, if you're listening, give uh my brother a raise. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh yeah, so that's that's what he's doing, but yeah,
1: yeah, I I, I really want to go back to Austin. I went when I was like a young kid, um, but I don't really like remember it. I was a young kid, so
0: yeah, that's what I mean. Like I'm young now, so like I want to travel, but also don't have a lot of money to do so because <laughs> yeah, I'm and, spending and it gone. on education. I yeah. don't have a lot of free time, but <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah, get we'll there. get there. You'll exactly, get
1: there. you got time, you got time. Um, all right, shout out! Oh, we'll give a shout out to our sponsor.
0: Who's a sponsor?
1: So, um. Cape Cod, hopefully, some people maybe on the Cape are listening, um, or maybe people in New York or Rhode Island. Um, If you need any power washing done, you know, spring's coming out, flowers are getting blooming, I guess. Pollen's dropping on the car. Pollen's dropping on the car. No one likes pollen on their their Mercedes, I'll tell you that. If you you need your uh, driveway or house power washed, call uh, Schultz Power Washing. The, find them on Instagram Schultz Power Washing um, on Instagram if you go to the Avery and Friends Instagram also you can see them how do you like spell
0: it? Schultz Schultz yeah ah. oh uh, he's gonna spot kill me like he's gonna kill me I feel like my that's a, see that's what I'm saying S- I feel like that's a tough it's a tough
1: one to spell S-C-H-U-L-T-Z maybe I don't know just go to the Avery and Friends uh, I think it's in our bio on Instagram Um. but yeah He'll, uh, I believe it's New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and New York for all your power washing needs. We love that.
0: (laughs) Love to have a good sponsor. All right. I'll let you have closing words. Closing words. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot like that? Well, no, I appreciate, (laughs) I appreciate, (laughs) I appreciate you having me on the podcast and, um, I hope people listening learned a little bit about, about me and about how to look at life a little bit, maybe, and maybe I to play some golf and caddy. <laughs> nah, but I mean, uh, I'm, I'm happy I had the opportunity to do this and hopefully one person learns a little bit from the experience today. So, thank you for having me yeah. and uh, hope everyone has a good day. All right. Peace. Later.